Welcome to Changing the Perception of Blindness, One Conversation at a Time, where we aim to break down barriers, demystify blindness, and promote real and lasting change. Join host David Steinmetz as he connects us with professionals who are making a positive impact in the community. These leaders help empower individuals who are blind or have other disabilities to live a full and inclusive life. Let's lean in as David kicks off today's conversation. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Changing the Perception of Blindness, One Conversation at a Time. I'm really excited for, for my guest today, Jason Haynes. Uh, he is really a leader uh, in the community in terms of lean processes, leadership, and really all those things come into play when it comes to changing people's perception of what manufacturing, what business processes uh, are all about. And I think it's very relevant to my show and what we're trying to do here about creating employment opportunities for people who are blind. And I believe, in my opinion, one of the biggest barriers to employment is people's perception. What is, what is it that someone who's blind can do uh, in the workplace? And so we hope through our connections with leaders that we can change those, those mindsets and improve jobs for people who are blind, as well as really improving the organization as a whole. As we talk about change, people with disabilities have nearly a half a trillion dollars in disposable income. And so really, when you think about it from an organization perspective, that is a huge target market. And if you're looking to tap into that market, people are looking for organizations that they can relate to and businesses and, and things that they can relate to. So there's a huge market in terms of revenue that an organization can really focus on. Businesses that actively seek to employ people with disabilities outperform other businesses as well. The Nielsen report found that these companies have revenue 28% higher than those that are not actively recruiting and hiring people with disabilities. They also have 30% higher profit margins as well. So there's, there's just, from an economic standpoint, it, it makes good sense. From a business perspective, it makes perfect sense. And from a societal perspective, it makes great sense. So we really want to say to organizations, those who focus on engagement of people with disabilities, they'll just find that overall, it's just good business sense. So as we're talking about change, let's start a conversation with Jason. Why don't you tell our audience here a little bit about yourself? Uh, a little bit about myself. I'm Jason Haynes uh, with Industrial Solutions. I started the business about four years ago. I really got a passion for manufacturing and lean management and leadership in particular as far as using lean to become a better leader and help those that were in the front lines that were trying to get to places or better their careers or just to better their their lives throughout the, throughout their organization or their career and help them become better. And that's where I really met David and, and uh, going through and getting an understanding about how visually impaired people could help organizations and become make those organizations better. So really how I got started was growing up, my, my grandparents and my, my dad always told me never to go into manufacturing. I grew up in the era when a lot of the manufacturing jobs were going overseas. Mm. So that was one of the biggest reasons they would tell you not to go into manufacturing. Then one day got a job at where my dad worked at, found out that they had tuition reimbursement that, that really wanted to go there in order to get my both my college degree and also get experience in the workforce. Sure. Thought I was going to hate going into manufacturing because I also thought I was a disappointment to my parents and my grandparents because I went into what they told me not to go into. Mm. But then that's when I got my passion for, mm -hmm. for manufacturing. And from there, that's where I got my passion for leadership and uh, processes, which is really what lean's all about. The, the, the lean is all about making the processes better, streamlining those processes and reducing the chaos in order for you to make improvements throughout your your, mm -hmm. your processes and also to help you be a, a better leader. I always talk about uh, Carpenter goes to work, uses a hammer to, to nail in the, the nail. The lean tools are really for a leader to use in order to streamline processes, reduce the chaos in order to help other people out. Sure. And, and I love the, the fact that also through these 
process improvement, right? You're you're focusing mm-hmm. on training and leadership. Yep. And for an organization to go through this process, they have to think a little bit differently in, in the yes. way that they do. I, I imagine that they resist that change a little bit. Yeah, and that's the biggest problem is is a lot of people resist change. And, and I, I don't want to say that they resist the change. I think a lot of people want to have the change. They just don't want to be forced to make the change extremely quickly. They want to fill it out. They want to understand it before they make that change. Uh, and I think as well, as people want to better their career, or better their jobs, but they don't always want to go into a leadership position. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think that's where they kind of resist the, the change mm-hmm. of lean because you do talk a lot about leadership and a lot about uh, making processes better and, and, and changing those processes to make it easier for people to, to be able to perform those processes, such as standardization of work uh, so they can go through the process, make it a little bit better. And, and, and each time that they go through it, they can think of other ways. Cause once you reduce that chaos, you're able to eliminate them having to think about what's the next problem. Instead, they're thinking about how can we make this process more efficient, better, mm-hmm as we was talking a little bit ago about leadership, the really people go into leadership and they want to be there. There are some people that don't want to be there, but everybody's a leader in some, at some point yeah. in time in their life. It, it, it's usually those times that you don't know that you're leading, that, that you're leading the most throughout, throughout people's lives. You're influencing other people. Cause I think John Maxwell always says leadership is influence. Mm. So, and that's mm-hmm. really the influence you have on others is, where you're trying to grow those people. Absolutely. And we, we talk about that at Arizona Industries for the Blind all the time mm-hmm. about everybody is a leader. And yep. when we have our town halls or we're doing our brown bag lunch and learns is focusing on you know our frontline workers yeah. and focusing on everybody. And, and some say, well, I want to be a supervisor. I want to have a lead position, but I, I don't have an opportunity. If you sit back and you think about all the things in your lives that you really do have an opportunity to gain those experiences just mm-hmm. peer to peer, right, is helping people out and, and being there to support them, uh, to uh, engaging in civic act- activities uh, or through, you know, your faith and religious groups. There's yes. always an opportunity to to take some form of, of leadership and, as you said, kind of influencing others yes. uh, in a positive way to help them grow and achieve whatever it is that they want to achieve. So it's not necessarily you have to have that title of a supervisor or leader, yeah. but you can be a leader um, just on the shop floor with your peers as well, right? Yes, exactly. And that's one thing I like about what you guys do at AIB. You try to to help people through that leadership process and understanding they still have influence and they can help each other out. And, and that's another thing about leadership is once you get, well, and the, the lean as far as putting it into the process, once you get that, reduce that chaos, you're able to start helping other people out. Mm-hmm. And that's really, when I went into leadership, that's really what I wanted to do. But the the position I was in at the time, I had to figure out how to streamline my own process hmm. before I could start helping those other people out. And, and and that's really what you guys are trying to do is is streamline the your process and then streamline their process so everybody can mm-hmm. help each other out. And that's really what you want to do in, in order to be able to put yourself out there and do things. Because when you don't have time for time to help people out, usually the people around you don't have time to help people out. Everybody's just running around. Mm-hmm. As we said, where I came from, everybody's running around chasing their tail. <laughs> you're, you're basically just running yeah. around and not mm-hmm. getting anywhere. Very true. And, you know, we think about what we do, for example, in our fulfillment center mm-hmm. and thinking about each process and how do you create the that process with somebody who's blind in mind, right? And, and yep. you think through step by step by step. So you're intentionally creating these processes that make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, one, to get the product from the shelf to the customer in, in a timely manner or exceeding the, the metrics that the customer sits upon you, as well as ensuring that uh, right, the right product and, and so forth, but also that you can still that fill that job with someone who is blind. And yes. it can be high tech or low tech, uh, yeah. right? Different, it's looking at the tools that, that are available and using those t- industry tools to help people do their job. Yeah. yeah. And that's really what you're you're trying to do, even with 
the uh, non-visually impaired people. You're trying to find a, whether it's low tech or high tech type of material, you're trying to find a way so those people can get, make their jobs easier to get the product to the customer and then also be able to, to uh, grow them, train them. I always talk about trying to create future leaders and ambassadors of your, your uh, organization. And the, the reason you're trying to do that is those people go outside your organization. They're still kind of, they may not be selling your product, but they're selling the organization or the company that they work for. If they're going out and bad mouthing the company, a lot of their friends aren't going to come there. The easiest way to start getting people to, to, to come to your organization is to, to have employees that go outside the organization and talk well of the organization. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying they're always going to talk well. Sure. They maybe have a bad day. But if they talk well and highly of the organization, a lot of their friends are going to want to work there. Then it, it usually doesn't matter as far as pay or if mm-hmm. it, 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 or who's working there. It just It's the way that you always treat the people and attitude always reflects leadership and the attitude mm-hmm. of the people is going to – to exude even outside of their organization. So mm-hmm. it, yeah, you're really trying to get from point A to point B, regardless of what types of materials and, and uh, items you use, whether it's high tech, low tech, mm-hmm. to help all employees and, and make the job easier. So you can bring people such as uh, visually impaired into the facility and work in that job and be able to perform that job at, at a high level. Mm-hmm. I, I love how you, you talk about that is, you know, the attitude of the people and the leadership and, mm-hmm. and creating a culture, right, that sets that we value who you are and the contributions yep. you can bring. goes to what I was talking about at the beginning of the, the conversation, right, is then that conversation or that, that employee is going to go and tell their friends and yes. they're going to tell somebody else and, hey, we're going to buy or go to that restaurant or whatever it is. Right? We're going to spend our money in a place that we can connect with. And from a manufacturing process, right? Because lean is implemented in all kinds of industries, right? Yeah, it's not yep. just manufacturing. It, it's implemented in all kinds of industries. How we say it at Industrial Solutions is really uh, if you have a process, usually we can help you fix that process and come in and take a look at it, regardless if it's a small business or just a one-person uh person shop, if you have processes, we can come in and take a look. I mean, in a one-person shop, if you think about it, if you're doing every job, you are working in a chaotic, chaotic mm-hmm. environment <laughs> and you are probably stressed out. You're, you're enjoying your work because you probably went into business by yourself for a reason, but you usually don't have time to go and do other stuff. And that's, we can even come in and take a look at those processes sure. and help you with that. Put tools in, whether it's a 5S or uh, just standardization or streamlining a process or doing your metrics to to see where you, where you stand at and mm-hmm. where you're losing time at or just to map out your process. Mm-hmm. Uh, there there could be stuff within your process that you don't realize. Uh, the, the organization I just recently worked with, uh, we mapped out their process and they didn't realize the area that was the bottleneck was actually the area that one people didn't like working in the job. Trust me, it was it was a redundant, hard not a hard job, but redundant and boring and tedious and mm-hmm. and, and something that people didn't see important. But it was it was vitally important within this facility. Sure. So it's, I mean, like I said, we work with pretty much any size of organization mm-hmm. um, that has a process or processes to help them out, even with such as AIB, helping them out with their processes and and going in and studying the process, finding ways. You guys are a unique situation. A lot of times people are trying to keep the the head count a a little bit lower. Mm -hmm. You guys are actually trying to hire more employees on. Right. And really the, 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 and I was thinking about this on the way in this morning, really that's what, when you go into lean, and you're you're studying your processes. You're not. When it first started here in the United States, it was always less employees are needed. Mm-hmm. Right. Was the acronym. And a lot of frontline employees, when they heard that, would start dragging their feet and and mm-hmm. not uh, not being part of the process of of making it better and and, and having that buy in because they thought, well, they're going to eliminate my job. Right. Well, at the same time, we're shipping jobs over to overseas and and, and it's going elsewhere, where. Really, lean is about an organization that's trying to streamline the processes because they're trying to bring in more 
products or a mm-hmm. different line or or, or or anything like that. So they're trying to streamline the current process so they can create a second line or uh, a, a different area. So instead of you coming in and, and taking a look at it and trying to eliminate employees, you're really trying to take a look at it so you can expand your repertoire, I mm-hmm. should say, expand your product line or be able to get more done. You might have the, the same lines, but you're trying to say – Say you have five people in a in a work production area, trying to figure out a way so you can split those two up into two different work areas, yeah, so you can yeah. get more done with less people. Mm-hmm. So that's really what you're trying to do is you're actually trying to expand to hire more people and mm-hmm. to, to become better, more flexible, and 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 a better at, at what you do. And a lot of people misconstrue it and think it's you're trying to reduce the employee headcount to get rid of people and push mm-hmm. them out the door. And that's really right. not what you're trying to do. Right. And, and it's hard for, for organizations or from the, from the frontline perspective, you're like you said, Oh, they're going to come in they're going to do this study, a time study, or they're going to bring in lean or some other exactly. six Sigma, what, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, and that means the company wants to do more with less. Yeah. When yeah. really what they're looking to do is do more. And if you do more then you need, Potentially more people. Yes. And that's kind of one of the things that that we look at from a nonprofit organization is as we grow and establish new partnerships is that means that there's an opportunity to bring somebody who's sitting on the sideline, um, not working, someone who's blind, into the workforce. And so expansion is equals opportunity for both the organization and the employees. And also as you're doing that, you're becoming more efficient in your processes uh, to help your bottom line as well. Yeah. And and, uh, not only that, it also helps you to expand to the point where you can start training those people and different things like, and I know you know Ian Rush as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Me and Ian Rush always talk about it. You're trying to expand people's horizons as far as, Getting them possibly put onto other uh, other machinery or mm-hmm. trained in uh, Ian's big into robotics and and, right. and uh, automation. Being able to train them in the the robotics so they can run that and expand their uh, their knowledge and, and mm-hmm. understanding. Like what you guys are trying to do is expand the expand the lines so you can hire more people on. Whether that's hiring more people on, being able to pay people more, bringing in more revenue, which helps you be able to pay your employees more, and and give them that that uh, that satisfaction of coming to work. Um, that that's really what you did with lean with leadership. You're trying to be able to create more jobs or create more revenue in order to expand people's mm-hmm. chances of of bettering their careers and bettering their right. their livelihoods and everything. Yeah, and absolutely. Because, like you said, most people want that opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. They want upward mobility. Yeah. They want the opportunity to earn more money. Everybody, everybody yeah. wants more money, yeah. and with that comes additional responsibilities. Yeah. And they're, you know, the organization is there to support the employee through training, uh, lean processes, or leadership training. But also, the employee has to be invested in that as well, right? Yes, exactly. I think that's where a lot of times people get scared as far as lean. Like I was saying, the, the old acronym was always less employees are needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's because they didn't know. It, it's it's even in like today's world, a lot of people get scared of different things because they don't know about, uh, uh, don't know. And there's so much information or there's not enough information on mm-hmm. certain things. So mm-hmm. th- like when we talk about climate change it, it, or uh, the electric vehicles or anything like that, people get scared because there is the sensationalization, it, but there's also the there's not a lot of information, so or there's too much information that they're getting, so they don't sure. know the what's going on. Leans ran into the same, this run into the same problem as far as you put it in there. Well, another another organization that so and so's buddy worked for through word of mouth, they told me that they when they put lean in, they they reduced mm-hmm. our employee headcount. Mm-hmm. When that's really not what lean was all about. It was about putting people into into places, being able to do less with or more with less and also expanding the what you could do as far as your flexibility bringing in new products and and helping people out a good starting point for that to reduce the uh 
the fear when you bring in something such as lean or bring in something such as a robot or anything like that mm-hmm. is bring those frontline employees and include them in the process of what mm-hmm. you're doing. Mm-hmm. That way you reduce that fear and you reduce the amount of, uh, of tension that is in the air and they understand what the process mm-hmm. is. And you're not trying to, you're able to explain to them that you're not trying to uh, eliminate their job sure. or eliminate them. You're actually doing something that's helping them so they can grow within the organization and, and mm-hmm. expand their horizons in the organization. And I, like I said, a, a, a lot of people run off of fear because they don't have all the information. And mm-hmm. when you don't have all the information, usually that's when you're not going to be, uh, you're going to be scared all the time. You're mm-hmm. going to not <laughs> want something to happen. You're going to drag your feet and yeah. not uh, not allow your leadership to bring that into the process. Absolutely. I, I had that conversation on the way over here with uh, my shared ride uh, driver is when, in, in terms of, we were talking about blindness and mm-hmm. we were talking about disabilities. It, it's whether it's in business or in life, right? If there's something that, that we're not familiar with, a disability or, you know, race, gender, mm-hmm. sexual orientation, right? It, it's out of my norm. Yeah. I might not understand it. So I'm just going to ignore it or not do anything with yes. it versus yeah. saying, let's bring the employee in. Let's bring people in. Let's get them familiar with the process. Yes. Let's get them familiar with disabilities and have the conversations you can learn so much as you're talking about bringing your frontline worker in when you're implementing lean or having these conversations. Not only that, are they, you want to get the buy-in. Yes. And you want them to be able to uh, contribute because they're the ones that are going to be doing the job. Yep. And so they'll have, they may have more insights into, hey, what if we do it this way? We, I'll give you an example. We have a working with a new company here locally. And we're going to be doing some packaging and distribution for them. Mm-hmm. And so we went over to their facility and we brought a, a, a group of our employees over, some that had some vision and some that were totally blind. And we said, okay, this, these are the processes. That the, the customer walked us through it. We got our hands on the product and started working you know, through their process and how they do it. And through the conversations that they were, our employees were having among themselves is, hey, I found that if I do it this way, I'm able to control the process or control the product mm-hmm. to get the, the finished desire, you know, the desired finish or outcome yeah. that we want. And so it's so important to have those conversations and so important to have those interactions with the groups that you're really targeting or working with. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I think a lot of times leadership or managers, really, that's two different, two different mm-hmm. definitions. Leaders, person that's really trying to make things better. Managers usually just trying to get to the bottom line and 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 control the metrics and and get to the final goal, and and that's mm-hmm. really all they're trying to do. What you're really trying to do is get those people with the front lines to buy in, and, and a lot of times I think people in leadership or management positions sometimes fear bringing those people in because. It's also, and I I was listening to somebody the other day and they was talking about this as well. It's also a lot of times we always think we have to have to know the answers. We always have to mm-hmm. be the one that has the answer when we're in the management or leadership position. So we always try to control everything and mm-hmm. we try to make sure that somebody that we would consider as a manager is underneath of us to to keep them from having answers. And and really what you're trying to do is get ideas from everybody because the idea of one usually doesn't go very far, but mm-hmm. the idea of 10 people helps you advance and, and grow what you're trying to do. And if you're not including them people and you're not getting their buy-in and you're not getting their, their, uh, getting their, their uh, ideas, mm-hmm usually they're going to be upset and they're going to drag their feet even more because you're forcing them to do what you want them to do, not mm-hmm. what, and I don't want to say not what they want to do because yes, we all have to do stuff that we don't want to do. We don't want to do <laughs> but at the same time, if we do it to where we get ideas from everybody and that the final product is an idea of everybody's, then we usually have mm-hmm. more buy-in and, and more, more participation. We don't have people sitting on the sidelines pouting or or, mm-hmm. or being mm-hmm. upset because we didn't listen to them. We just said this is the way it's we 
we just said this way it's going to be and that's right. that. And then you got a bunch of people that are just upset and, and don't want anything to do with what mm-hmm. you're trying to do. Right. You know, that makes make perfectly good sense, right? Is you you don't want to always be in a in a position where you're dictating people this is what mm-hmm. you're going to do because then you, you don't foster that openness and creativity. Yeah. You're just fostering this is what you're going to do no matter what. And, and you're right. We all have roles and responsibilities, you know, assigned to us, whether that job description or, or tasks that you're assigned to do. And it's done this way, right? We're as an ISO 9001 yeah. organization, right? Yep. There's processes that you, you follow yep. um, to ensure that the outcome is, you know, achieved. Yep. And, but if you have some input into that, then it makes it a lot easier to understand and follow those processes. Yeah. And it's funny you said that. I think a lot of times, because I've worked in organizations with the, the ISOs and everything, and I think that's really, I think when people think about it, that that's probably maybe what they get most up. Not really saying it, but I think that's what people get the most upset about with like the ISOs and stuff is they think that, well, we have to do it this certain way. Mm-hmm. Why do we need to do it that certain way when we can actually get, get the same result by doing it better this way? So there's really no input is, mm-hmm. is I think is what I'm getting at is gotcha. I'm getting it that, that people don't have the input, the ISO saying you got to do it this certain way, this mm-hmm. cookie cutter way that everybody's got to do it. But then the employees, you go out to the floor and you, you, you redo the do everything and they're really not doing what the ISO mm-hmm. uh, ISO paper or the ISO standards and everything's saying they're doing something that's totally different that actually fits better than what ISO kind of went through and did. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is like the SOPs telling you to do it a certain way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times your standard works broke down into smaller bite-sized portions. So mm-hmm. you're, you're mm-hmm. able to, uh, to, be more creative and and do things more efficiently if sure. you're you're going away from the ISO where sometimes people and I know a lot of people at the front lines usually with the ISOs do get frustrated with it because they're like well we don't always do it this way mm-hmm. type of stuff sure I agree with you it is whether it's ISO or lean or any mm-hmm. other process yep. right is you can say these are the process we want to get this desired outcome. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we are, as we we're talking about is getting people to understand that yep. to buy into it because you can implement lean or any other process improvement or management improvement programs and, and so forth. But if, if people don't believe in it, people don't see the value in it, they're going to yes. do their own thing anyway. Yeah, exactly. And so from, from a leadership perspective when you're out working with with an organization and Jason how how do you think that leaders or how do how do these programs get to where the organization leader wants to get to what where do they kind of need to think about I think the biggest thing in my experience and from what I've seen with other leaders is becoming less busy as a leader and I don't mean don't do the job that you're you're supposed to be doing. I'm talking about finding the the things the the redundant task and and how you can take those redundant tasks and 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 train other people to do those redundant tasks mm-hmm. or stuff in your job. Going back to my experience in the past, I had a the job that I was working 60, 70 hours to where I reduced my time that I was working on the job down to 30 hours so I had more time to go out. And I really did that by implementing the the uh, lean tools such as 5S by organizing certain areas so I could go out and take hmm. take inventory and make ordering supplies and, and, uh, and, and doing other things more efficiently. So I had more time to be able to go out and, and talk to the people. So what hmm. I I would really say if you're a leader and you're stressed out and you're, you're you don't have a lot of time is to evaluate evaluate your processes and, and evaluate your job to mm-hmm. see where you may be able to either streamline, hand it off, train somebody else, and hand that off to somebody else, or get more organization within what you're doing to become a better leader so you can go out and start talking to talking to people and do those things because mm-hmm. a lot of people go into leadership they they go into it and they don't they don't go in thinking I'm just going in here because I'm getting the job title a lot of people go into leadership because they want to 
make change, make things better and, and, uh, help people out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they get into that position and they don't realize all the other nuts mm-hmm. and bolts that go into that <laughs> position. And they're like, I don't have time to go out and help people. I'm constantly stressed out. And I, right. I, I feel like I'm being pulled in 500 different directions. Mm-hmm. And that's where, like I said, if, once you get into your position and start reducing the chaos that are mm-hmm. in your position, you're able to have more time and go out and help others out and, and, uh, and be able to teach and coach and mentor mm-hmm. those people at the front lines and find out what makes them tick and, and see what aspirations they may have. I, I had friends back home that worked at the foundry I worked at that would have been great in maintenance, but they never had time. And there really wasn't anybody in our leadership that mm-hmm. was trying to get them into that, that mm-hmm. maintenance area. They would, because they didn't have time to be able to help them out. So that's really my biggest uh, thing as far as being a leader and wanting to implement stuff into your facility is evaluate your processes, evaluate your uh, your job to see what either can be eliminated, streamlined, and the chaos reduced within your process mm-hmm. so you can reduce the amount of time you spend on those things so you can really spend more thing, time on the things that matter, mm-hmm. such as building relationships with frontline employees or or teaching them things or coaching them on things or mentoring them or finding finding things that'll help train them to to be better or finding uh, mm-hmm. the, the organization I work for, finding like your tuition reimbursements and, and stuff that can help them better themselves and become right. better. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think a lot of times in my career as a manager, there were times that I felt like I didn't know where there were so many mm. fires, right? Yes. Going yes. that you needed. Where do you, where do you put your attention? Yeah. And you sit there and you focus on, okay, I'm running around here and doing this, doing that. And you're either, you're not focusing on the business or the people or, yeah. or whatever it else it is, or I can't stop doing what I'm doing to train somebody else to help me. Yeah. How, how do you get the chaos to giving out that time to, to bring people up to reduce some of that burden on you? I, the way I did it, especially getting into back into my first job with, as far as being in a leadership position, is really during those when there isn't a lot of chaos, you start to learn how to better those processes. Because during there are going to be times when it's going to be chaotic to the point where you don't have time for everything. I What I really did was take and learn how to, in those slower periods, learn how to train different people in becoming better at what they do and mm-hmm. streamlining a, pro- excuse me, sorry about that, is streamlining a process to where they, uh, understood what to do the next time that might happen. Uh, There are things that won't happen all the time, but there are things that you know is going to happen quite often. So Mm -hmm. you start to get to get to talk to the people at the front lines and start streamlining their processes in order to be able to help you when something breaks down or something happens within the process. That way they understand and then start, I know they call it delegating, but delegating in order to teach them how to to do those those types mm-hmm. of things, so it can get done while you're not there. Uh, mm-hmm. Say you might be off getting stuff to to help the the process. They can do that that mm-hmm. task. Like I said, the redundant task that may be able to be trained to somebody else. You can hand it off to them, and they can start doing that that task mm-hmm. and and and. Uh, helping you out throughout the process. Sure. Now you also want to make sure that you're not putting too much on the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one thing you also want to do that. And that's why I say you want to reduce the, the, the chaos within your job and, and find out your processes. And then you'll be able to go out to the front line and start helping them people out, reducing their chaos to where you can either give them extra tasks or mm-hmm. give them more time to be able to go train or anything like that. To, that'll, uh, help them grow within the organization. Yeah, because, I mean, really, that's what I think we all want as as leaders, right, is, you know, I see my job is making sure that my team, one, has all the tools that they need necessary to do their job, that they have the support that they need. They have, you know, the education or the training, whether it's on-the-job training and, and so forth. The same can be said of bringing in somebody right off the street and and how do you get that person 
up to speed. And then you, um, you know, and my focus on, on disabilities is bringing somebody in with a disability into that um, yes. is yeah. I think would make it easier in a sense, right? Because you have these standard processes and things are running smoothly mm-hmm. and then it's much easier to bring in somebody and say, okay, what tools do you need as a person who's blind to be effectively do this job and, yeah. and, yep. and do that, right? And, and I think that going to, as far as the, for bringing people that are visually, visually impaired and stuff into facilities that I've worked in, that would be one area to help out as far as having the standard work there to make the job easier for step to step. And it would make it easier, as you were saying a second ago, to bring in the the tools and items that I know when I take it tours of you guys' facility and, mm-hmm. and been there as far as going in as different cameras and stuff that kind of blow up mm-hmm. uh, blow up images and pictures and, and letters and stuff to help people be able to see them. Because I know I, I didn't realize this until I started working with you guys and and, uh, and toured your facility and, and uh, that people are at different levels of blindness and everything. Mm-hmm. So there's different ways of of helping different people out because some people might see bolder letters and others Mm -hmm. might see uh, not as bold letters. So there are plenty of companies and organizations out there. And once you standardize those processes, it makes it easier to be people that are bring people in Mm -hmm. that are visually impaired. Because if you have a standard set that makes it easy to train, it's easier to go out and find those tools such as uh, organizations Mm -hmm. that make, computer programs to do that types of stuff. Uh, It's, it's not as hard as a lot of people think it is (laughs) once you get the standard set into place. And it's not as hard to start training new employees because that's one of the things that a lot of organizations struggle with is they bring in a new employee and they take all this time to train them. Well, they don't realize if you use that standardization or as some people call it visual workplace management, to help that employee, that's part of the training process, and mm-hmm. it makes it easier for them to not have to always stop and go and find the person who was training them, and then that person that's usually training them is doing another job, and they get frustrated. <laughs> so then you get two frustrated <laughs> people, usually mm-hmm. what happens. Either right. one quits and leaves, or it, it ends up being a fight, or right. people start being disgruntled. They might both stay, and they're disgruntled with each other, and they try mm-hmm. to do anything to... Yep. Make the other person's life miserable. Mm-hmm. So if you put in that standardization and have that visual workplace management, it helps people understand. It helps people understand who they can go talk to because that's part of the training process. Sure. And it would also help in the long run to help people with with uh, uh, disabilities and stuff to bring in to understand what you need to bring into the facility mm-hmm. because you've streamlined the process of training people to reduce the amount of time you spend training those people mm-hmm. and you're able to go out and take a look and see what you need to bring in in order to help other people come into your organization. Right. It's so true, right, is you find just if you're going to just like onboarding, right, you mm-hmm. have a process for onboarding, you're going to do a facility tour, you're going to show people emergency yep. exits, you're going to show uh, where the restrooms and break rooms and this and that. The same should be said for when you get onto the floor is this is how we do the job and you train the employee through that. And I, I like how you said it, if you, you may have somebody who hasn't done the job in a while, come over and do the training, then you're getting someone who really doesn't want to be there, etc. And, you know, when you bring in someone with a disability, someone who's blind, vision impaired, there's so many accommodations that are are free, you know, 60% of uh, yeah. accommodations that when people ask for reasonable accommodation are are free. And then, you know, the other 40% are less than $500. Yeah. Um, you know, in our warehouse, for example, we use different shaped flags to identify a fragile item or an item that is a high dollar type item. Okay. And so it's, Someone, it's a tactical or tactile uh, marker for someone who is blind to say, I need to handle this differently. It doesn't change the process in any way. Yeah. Just, um, and it doesn't add additional cost to what you're doing. But what you've done is you built in an accommodation would, or right to empower someone to do that job. Yeah. What we would call a pokey yoke. 
mm-hmm. basically, a, a wave to identify so they don't make a mistake, mm-hmm. such as drop yeah. it on the floor. They're more careful with it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, really, with uh, with Pokeyoke, I know it's a weird word, but it, it's just like uh, you go into a medical facility. They have different uh, the different receptacles for different mm-hmm. things, and mm-hmm. they have it marked so where you can Basically, where you can't put the square peg into the round hole right. is really what it is mm-hmm. to make it to make where you don't make a mistake. I mean, going to mm-hmm. a gas station, you can't put the diesel diesel uh, nozzle into a gas tank. Right. It, it, it's just a way to keep people from making those mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really it can be as cheap as free mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. up to 500 bucks just to, yeah. to make sure it's easier for people to understand how to do those jobs, yep. how to make it easier so they don't make as many mistakes. Because that's another thing that costs you time is when people start making mistakes is usually costs you more time mm-hmm. because you got to go back through the process, see yep. where they made a mistake at to redo it. Or you had to go completely back through the process and redo the whole product all over again to, to where you lost right. that time. And I always tell people, you you can eventually get, you may not become a billionaire, but you can eventually get money back, but you'll never get time back. Mm. The one thing we'll never mm-hmm. get back is time. Sure. And that, that's really what you're trying to do is save time in order to have time to do the things that matter. Mm-hmm. Very true. Maybe stop and stop and think about that, that thought of, right. You can, you can get money back, but you can't get the time mm-hmm. back. And, yep. and you think about how much effort goes into right a return mm-hmm. because you made a mistake. You either shipped the wrong product or there was a defect yes. Yes. and basically doubling your cost to get, receive that item back in put it back in stock or whatever, or re- reproduce it in some fashion, that all those costs and time that go into fixing the mistake versus let's catch it on the front end and do that. And, you know, we were talking about bringing people in over the last several years, right? We've heard all kinds of horror stories, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from supply chain issues and and labor shortages and, you know, stores having to close because they don't have enough staff to to do, you know, full shift and yeah. so forth. How, how do we address those issues? I mean, granted, one I can think of right off the top of my bat is, right, hire more people with disabilities yes. with, with yep. the 70% unemployment. That's really simple. Yeah. What other, what other things can you know, employers do to address the, the labor shortage? I think is reevaluate your pro- reevaluate your processes. I I read a book recently uh, that talked about this. It used to be we always took and we threw people at the problem because we had plenty of people and 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 we didn't have the issues we have currently with the employee shortages and and people not working the jobs. I uh, I think it's reevaluate, go in and take a look, reevaluate your processes, understand what your processes do and see where you can eliminate tasks. Because a lot of times there was tasks that were put into the, into the job that was kind of like what we call firefighting. Mm. So we threw it into the job in order to make a check and balance. And 10 years later, we're still doing the same thing, but that, that whole problem went away. Well, the newer employees kept getting trained on it. Well, they didn't realize what it was. If you go in and take a look at your processes and see what you kind of like what I was talking about with the leader before, mm-hmm. go through your process and see what can be eliminated in the process. You may be able to reduce the amount of employees that do a particular task. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about going out and finding employees on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, another benefit of that as well is that you start saving time of the people that are at those frontline jobs so you can mm-hmm. see who may be a great leader in the future or be able to train them mm-hmm. to be a maintenance person or, or get them into areas uh, mm-hmm. that help them grow and, and become better or find areas that, as we was talking about earlier, that you may be able to add a robot. Mm-hmm. into the into sure. the area or automation mm-hmm. and a lot of times people think automation you got to buy a, a big machine mm-hmm. automation could be anything kind of like what you guys use as such as the uh, screens that blow up the numbers mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. automation could be I found this company the a while back that the guy had worked for and he currently works at, at, at trilogic it's uh mike kennedy that i work with they do carts and stuff that basically or what they call flow carts, or mm. we call them big erector sets. Okay. Basically, it's you put these carts together. There's really not much to them. They're, they're, they're not like the stuff you would buy off a of U-line with the tables and, 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 and such. These are more of 
you put them together to fit your your current process. Hmm. You can build them into what they call a flow cart, where it might have 20 boxes in it that streams into the person. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like a first in, first out type of thing. Gotcha. Okay. Or it can be a workstation that organizes everything. Hmm. But they really, it was started at Toyota where Lean was started at. Mm-hmm. And you can break it down. Like if your process changes, you can break it down and make it fit that next process as far as helping you out. It It's just a way to help streamline, reduce the amount of employees you might need on mm-hmm. your facility, like I was saying earlier, a lot of people would used to be through employees at the problem. Now it's, we don't have enough employees, so we right. have to find other ways. Sure. That's really where I see it at. And like you said, also going out and, and finding other avenues, such as visually impaired people that, that can perform those jobs. Because they're, I, I know one big thing that you've been working on is um, helping people with that are visually impaired or even with disabilities as far as the public transportation Mm -hmm. and getting better public transportation. Well, right now they may not have that transportation such as where I live at. I don't believe (laughs) has as much public transportation. I know we have the buses, but not the light rail or anything like Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. but getting maybe finding those people that are local and having it to where they can work their local in a certain position and everything. Not everybody's going to fit every position. Even absolutely, even people with vision don't fit every position. It, I mean, it's always been proven that, that yeah. you're not going. I can't. I'm not a carpenter. There's a reason I don't. <laughs> I, I, I'm not in that position. So right. because I'm no, not good at it. But it, you can find a position for pretty much everybody. I, mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of people in the past had that. We always had plenty of workers. Mm-hmm. We could just find more workers to come in. And mm-hmm. they had, we, we, and we have to change the mentality of, we just fire them. I've always said, you don't just fire somebody. Mm-hmm. There could be another position within your organization mm-hmm. that they may be able to fit into. Right. Absolutely. Find out if they can fit into another, another position. And there may be somebody in another position that could fit the position that that person's currently at that's struggling in that position. It, it's before we always had where we had an abundance of employees, a lot mm-hmm. of people would come in and think, well, I got to do this job regardless of how bad it is mm-hmm. or they'll fire me where now it's kind of changed to the point where a lot of people come in and realize there's other jobs out there and there's other, sure. there's an overabundance of jobs really right. out there yeah. to, to fit many people. Yeah. And it, it's really, I think you have to understand your, your abilities, right? Mm-hmm. And, not everybody can be a carpenter. Not everybody can program a CNC machine. Yes. Uh, you have to have some underlying skill sets, whether it's creative or problem solving and, and other skill sets that you've developed to be able to do those types of jobs or you know any job. Mm-hmm. And we often feel like this person's not the right fit. It could be detrimental to the business, right? Yes, yeah. But they have these other skill sets that, Maybe I can move them. They're great interpersonal skills. Yeah. Let's put them in customer service or offer this type of environment that meets their skill set, but yet still contributing to the organization. Yeah. Because yeah, yep. you, otherwise you kind of create that negative conversation around your company is, oh, the, these people fired me because of one thing or another. Yes. And yeah. then you're creating a, a negative image or Possibly hurting your brand of your organization. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and and once you start firing people, people start getting fearful in the organization, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then they fear for their jobs. When they they fear for their jobs, are more apt to make mistakes, and mm-hmm. it's just a, a vicious cycle when you get into that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying don't sit down and have tough conversations with people. Mm-hmm. There are times you're going to have to have tough conversations in order to either reprimand the person as far mm-hmm. as they did do something that, that was detrimental or have that tough conversation in order to either get an attitude change as far as what they're doing. But there's ways to go about having those tough conversations mm-hmm. to where you're not just saying that you're not there to help the person. Like, and that's why, like I said, that's why I went into lean was to mm-hmm. be able to have those not just the tough conversations, but also have the conversation with people to build relationships, to talk sure. to people and understand them. And and 
and get to know them and understand what makes them tick and and stuff. That that way it's much easier for me to be able to understand where they want to grow at and become better. Yeah, and it, it's so true because, as I said at the top of the show, right, is change is really important mm-hmm. from an organization perspective, from a personal spec- perspective is how if I continue to do the same thing that I'm doing, I'm going to yeah. get the same results, right? Yeah. And yep. for for an organization to, whether it, it's a manufacturing company to say, I, I, I don't have the time or we don't have the the uh, labor we don't have this or we're making so many mistakes yep. we have to we have to do something different and sometimes are forced into it yes other times you're taking a proactive approach and so what i really liked about this conversation is how business processes like lean or effective management tools mm-hmm. and leadership tools can create all kinds of new opportunities. And if you have the right mindset, then that opens the door to looking at other possibilities, which is yes. my emphasis on look at the disability community, look at people yep. who are blind yep. and vision impaired, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 look at them, look at uh, people that have struggled to get into positions that, that they may be more suited for. Look mm-hmm. at Look at pretty much just different ways of doing what you're currently doing in order to be able to bring other people and have more of a, what do they call it? That in, in sports, they, more of a bench. Mm-hmm. You're, ba- you're able to turn to your bench and go, I can bring these people in mm-hmm. uh, rather than sitting there going, well, I'm kind of hamstrung and, mm-hmm. and I really don't have anywhere to turn. And that's yeah. really what you're trying to do is create a more inclusive environment for people to come into mm-hmm. to, to be able to, work more efficiently and perform the job at a, at a high level. Absolutely. So, so Jason, we're coming up on uh, end of our time here right. together. I love the conversation. How do we contact you or get a hold of you? Uh, biggest way is uh, through LinkedIn or you can, uh, the, with, on my LinkedIn profile, there's my email, and my phone number, uh, or you can uh, search our website for industrial solutions which is isiworld.net. Uh, and that's really the biggest places you can get a hold of me. Fantastic. And again, thank you for everything. And I think this conversation really lends itself to with the right training and mm-hmm. the right technology and the right attitudes. Uh, people who are blind are able to compete and be successful in the workplace. Yep. Thank you. And I want to thank my sponsor today, Arizona Industries for the Blind an enterprise nonprofit organization dedicating to empowering people who are blind and vision impaired to achieve their highest goals and aspirations by creating and sustaining employment. Thank you for listening to Changing the Perception of Blindness, one conversation at a time with your host, David Steinmetz. Be sure to subscribe to Changing the Perception of Blindness, one conversation at a time on your favorite podcast platform, And tune in live on Phoenix Business Radio X every third Friday at 9 a.m. We hope you feel inspired by today's conversation and maybe we've even sparked a new idea or opportunity.